everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It's April 12th. It's 2021, and we have 12 games to talk about. 12 games on April 12th? All right. This should be a good slate. Um, joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Huh? Not too bad. Made, made a good chunk of change this weekend. Drank in a park. Really can't complain. Solid. Solid. It sounds like a solid weekend. Yeah, in Denver, you can actually legally drink in a park. So it just makes things super easy. Oh, well, glad you had a great weekend. Um, my my weekend was filled of, filled of NASCAR getting rained out a lot and everything moved to Sunday, which it would have mattered, but it rained in Florida on Sunday, so we couldn't really do anything anyway. So we got, um, got the house picked up a little bit, so it was fun times. Um, so yes, we are presented by superdraft.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, roster your favorite plays without worrying about a salary cap. Sign up using promo code grinders for a $50 instant deposit alongside with the 50% deposit match bonus up to 500 bucks. So make sure you guys are taking advantage of that. That's an awesome promo that they're running over there on Superdraft. Ton of overlay every day, every day, basketball, baseball, ton of overlay every day. We'll have a super draft play of the day. We'll even maybe talk about some of the contests as well um, over there later in the show. But 12 games, lots to talk about. Spots that we don't like, we're going to probably move through kind of quickly here so we can stay on track and get through all 12 games here. So we start with Seattle at Baltimore. It's a nine total. Seattle's a 120 favorite. It's Justice Sheffield against Dean Kramer. Um, Any interest here in Sheffield? A little bit. I mean, he's not a great pitcher. He's not going to just overwhelm anything he walks a decent amount of guys got just an average k rate but it's baltimore team really going back to the beginning of last year not a huge sample size but decent k rate not a whole lot of like great bats in the lineup so on a normal slate maybe not thinking about him but there's not a ton of guys the lower price range that i really want to play so i mean just overall not a great play you're better off paying up at pitching but if you're going to go in the lower tier i think he's one of the better options here going up against uh not great Baltimore team, but I mean, the ballpark's not great. Temperature's not going to be terrible. So overall, just kind of neutral conditions. Um, but yeah, like he, he's cheap. That, that's it. He's cheap. Yeah. And like you said, you know, just kind of looking at this lineup, projected lineup um, since the start of last season, they don't have too much, um, you know, right handed power bats in there. Like obviously they can use Patty V and he could add a potential right handed power bat in that lineup. Um, but overall, it's not the worst spot, I think, um, for Sheffield because, like, we're likely going to want to pay up for one of Cole, one of Glass now, um, and there are a bunch of bats on the slate too. So um, I do think it's kind of important to, you know, look at the matchups here and, you know, maybe we go down here and just roll the dice on Sheffield at 6,800. Um, any interest in the other side of this game on Dean Kramer? No, no, the guy is too erratic. Like, not a great pitcher. Doesn't grade out as a good pitcher. He's cheap. Like, I won't argue with throwing him in there, just going up against a Seattle team that really is not fantastic. Um, so, he's fine if you really want to play someone cheap, but he, he's probably, like, my fourth favorite cheap option. So, I'm probably just going to stay away from him entirely. Yeah, like, he has plenty of strikeout stuff. Um, you know, the upside that is there for strikeouts and had to <laughs> – had a really tough matchup in his first game going into Yankee Stadium, facing the Yankees lineup. 
I don't think he's the worst play. Um, I do think that there's some guys that could easily give him fits in this lineup. Um, you know, Hanniger being healthy is huge. Marmo Lois in there is someone that, you know, has some power against right-handed pitching as well. So definitely a spot. I think it's, it's tough uh, for Kramer here. Let's talk about Seattle bats. Talked about it right before the weekend. Um, just Kyle Seeger in general. And this is another game that you get to watch the weather. This is a, a potential weather game. But I talked about Kyle Seeger right before we, you know, went into the weekend. And I, I said that, like, he was hitting the ball super hard. It just wasn't falling. And, you know, four-hit game on Sunday, two home runs. Did not shock me whatsoever. What are your thoughts here on Seattle? I actually really like them. Um, Seeger, France, Hanniger, like, Marlos, White even, Dylan Moore, like, Kramer's not a great pitcher and he can get pretty darn wild. Um, he can give up some bombs. Like this isn't a team that's going to be very highly owned and they're probably a bit underpriced with a lot of pitching that I really want to pay up for. Hanniger stands out as a fantastic play. Like he's clearly too cheap at 3.8K, but he's pretty consistently too cheap. France has a decent amount of pop for him. Like this team has a lot of guys that can hit the ball in the park and with guys probably getting walked in this game with a guy that gets wild in Dean Kramer, like not a great bullpen in Baltimore. This is, this is a spot that I think is going to go pretty overlooked on this slate. And I think that you can get a few guys as one-offs and you can get a few guys that are just, or a few stacks in there, especially if Evan White's in there at 2.9 K that's just far too cheap considering everything. So I'm a big fan of the Seattle stack today. Um, I really love Seager. I don't mind maybe, you know, making this a secondary stack. So I completely, I hear you on this one. And then on the other side of this game, the Baltimore side, like they're a tough team because like we said, they're not the best against left-handed pitching. I think like if you wanted to take like one offs of like Santander, I don't hate that. Um, Franco is always someone that is much better against righties or lefties than righties um, hits the ball hard against lefties, but Mancini maybe like off to a slow start this season, but like he's 4,800. It's such a tough ask to like play Mancini here. Yeah. Mancini's just probably a little bit too expensive. Yes. He does have a platoon split, but Sheffield is just an all right pitcher. It's not great. He's not terrible. And so I don't really want to take Mancini in the spot of that price tag. I'm probably just staying away from pretty much all the Orioles here. I mean, Mullins, I'm not going to play the lefty-lefty matchup. DJ Stewart's cheap. I'm not going to play that lefty-lefty matchup. Santander and Montcastle are both fine, but not really great options. Like, this is just kind of a fade spot for me, and I don't see a ton of upside here. Moving on, we have the Yankees and Blue Jays, nine total in this one. Yankees are 192 favorite, um, one of the higher implied team totals on the slate. Cole against Ray. Um, Garrett Cole. Uh, obviously a top pitcher on the slate, an elite strikeout pitcher, um, you know, 21 strikeouts through his first two starts um, and eight strikeouts against this team earlier this season. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, I mean, Cole is clearly one of the top options on the entire slate. The upside is through the roof. It's not the easiest match in the world going up against these blue Jays, but it doesn't matter. He's Garrett Cole. He can get it done. 97 pitches in both the first two outings. So I'm not really worried about his pitch count too much. Great strikeout stuff. It's it's just Garrett Cole. It's trying to figure out if you want to pay it for him or for one of the other two top price guys. And I think right now he ranks second for me, but it's not by too much. Yeah. Um, 
he's he's up there. He's a top three pitcher on the slate. You know, you can always make arguments for him being a, a top pitcher on the slate, just talent alone um, and just strikeout ability alone. So Robbie Ray coming off of the IL here. We don't really expect him to pitch two deep. He threw a 63 pitch simulated bullpen um, to prep for this start. What's your thoughts here on Robbie Ray? Yeah, I don't think he's going to make it that far into the game. That, that That's the main problem. Like Ray is a guy that I think on any given matchup, he can obviously end up with a huge game. But overall, the fact that he's probably not going to go over eight pitches, he can get a little bit wild and walk some guys. He's going up against a tough Yankees lineup. I have no interest in playing Robbie Ray on the slate. Yeah, the thing, too, is like they they just have so many righties in this lineup, and he was just so bad against righties, you know, even last season. So LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Torres, Sanchez – um Luke Voigt should be in the lineup like just too many righties and I think the, I think knowing that this game is you know being played in Florida and it's supposed to be pretty hot um again tomorrow like I think this is a spot where we're looking at stacking the Yankees yeah yeah no that's very much it like Robbie Ray is a good pitcher and can't strike out a lot of guys but there's a lot of righty bats a lot of righty bats with some power so LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton Torres, Voigt, Sanchez, like I have no Ursula, I have no problem playing him. We know that there's power all the way up and down. I don't think we have a total for this game yet, but it's in Florida. It's going to be 71 degrees. Like this isn't a bad ballpark for power. Just stack up the Yankees. I'm guessing that they're probably going to be one of the chalkier stacks on the entire slate. And there's, there's a decent reason for that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm loading up on the Yankees here. I think this is a great stack. Um, just kind of waiting to see what the lineup looks like because like if a guy like Clint Frazier is in the lineup, like I like him on the cheaper end just to kind of make the stack work. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to kind of pay attention. Um, like wasn't, um, how do you, I don't even know how you say his name, the catcher, um, Higgs, Higgs or whatever. Um, he usually catches cold, doesn't he? Like, and he, he's a righty that has some pop and, He's 3,100. That, that he would be a guy that would be awesome if he cracks the lineup. Yeah. And it would definitely make it a little bit more attainable to stack considering how many high priced guys you probably want to play on the slate. Uh, Toronto bats. Anything that you like here against Cole? Nope. Nothing like <laughs> really, really I mean, tough to yeah. play anybody against Garrett Cole. It's tough to play him. And it's tough to play Vlad, Bichette, Simeon, all for 5k or over like, no, no, just not going to happen. Philly against New York taking on the Mets eight and a half total here. Mets favored by one forty five. We got Chase Anderson and Peterson facing off against each other here. Um, any interest here in Chase Anderson? Not really. I mean, obviously we didn't get a huge sample size from him from last year. He is six point three K, but this Mets team is not a bad hitting team. Honestly, one that could probably end up getting him into a bit of trouble. So I, I, I just like. Of the 6K guys, I think Chase Anderson might honestly be last for me, and I'd rather just go up into the 7K range. So it's a tough matchup for him. This Mets lineup is good. I'm planning on just being out on this entirely. Yeah, I'm not playing Chase Anderson here. He's just – he's not good. He's not good enough to – like the Mets, they disappear a lot, and I and I get that, and it's going to continue to happen. But I think this is also like Philly played the late game on Sunday night. They're traveling to the Mets. Like, it's just 
I don't know. This is another game that like rain could potentially be an issue as well. So like that is something that we got to potentially factor in here. I don't know. We'll have to kind of see what Kevin Roth has to say, but I don't really have a ton of interest in Chase Anderson. And honestly, I don't really have a ton of interest in, in David Peterson on the other side here. Um, do you like him at all? No, just, I mean, there's going to be what, maybe two, three lefty bats in the entire lineup. He's a guy that's pretty decent versus lefties, but bad versus righties. Doesn't have a lot of K upside versus righties. Walks a decent amount of guys from both sides of the plate. So don't really see any upside for him. Don't see many ways that he ends up with a big outing. And this Phillies lineup is still pretty decent, especially the right-handed bats. So no, no interest in David Peterson at all. Yeah, he really needs to develop a strikeout pitch for right-handed batters. Like it's, it's something that he's really going to need. And like all, all the really good lefty pitchers usually technically have it. So um, let's talk bats here. We'll start with the Philly bats. You know, we just got done talking about how Peterson definitely struggles more with righties. Um, You know, this is another stack that not the greatest ballpark grant, but like Hoskins, 4,600, Alex Bohm, 3,800, McCutcheon, 3,500. Like if we were looking at playing like, the righties as like a potential secondary stack. They're not overly expensive. Yeah, no, they're probably priced about right. Yes, it's not a great ballpark. And yes, they only have a four implied run total, but realistically Hoskins is probably priced where it should be. McCutcheon is definitely too cheap. Real Muto gives you a high upside catcher there. And Baum is too cheap at 3.8K. So even Segura, if he's in the lineup there, 3.2K is not too expensive, even though he hasn't been great. Like all these Philly bat right-handers are the ones that I would look at. Um, any interest here in the Mets? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, Nimmo, Conforto, Lindor, Smith, all these guys are good batters and they get the platoon split. Anderson's a guy that can get a little bit wild at times, but also just doesn't have great stuff overall. Um, not good versus lefties. I think he had a, what, sixth, fifth last year versus lefties in the smaller sample size. So not something we can fully rely on, but is it below average pitcher in all likelihood and can give up a decent amount of bombs. So targeting one-off power is not the worst idea in the world, and I don't mind a stack, but I mean, the clear guys I would want to go with are Nemo Conforto and Lindor up there at the top. Maybe Miguel or Dominic Smith to add in there, a little bit cheaper price tag. And then never forget Alonzo. Even at 5.5K, still decent chance of hitting a bomb out here, even if it is going to be only 50 degrees. Yeah, Chase Anderson's a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact. Um, so, you know, everybody that you mentioned, Dom Smith, Alonzo, Conforto, McNeil, Nimmo, pretty much any of the like top five, six guys in this lineup, I think, are in play in this matchup. It's again really gonna be paying attention to the weather um in this one more than anything else. So uh, moving right along here, we got Texas at Tampa. Eight total in this game. Um, Dunning against Glass now. Tampa is a 235 favorite. Dunning's going to open. <laughs> um, like, I, I know, like, this, he was supposed to open the other night, and, like, he just was dominating Toronto, and he, he ended up throwing, like, five innings, and, you know, Hearn came in, and he, you know, only threw two innings, so... I don't know what to think of the situation. I'm probably going to full on just fade this whole pitching situation. Yeah, no chance I'm playing anyone that's pitching for Texas in this game. Um, all right, well, Glass now against this Texas lineup. Um, like, this lineup has some power in it, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you look at them down this lineup, and there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup against right-handed pitching. And 
Glassnell is a guy that can rack them up in bunches. I'm guessing like you would rank, you were ranking Glassnell over Cole because you said Cole was your number two. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, Glass, now I'm always worried about how late he's going to go into games, but I think he's gone six innings each of, the last, each of the last two games. That's kind of all where they'll max him out at is probably around six innings, regardless of his pitch count, just because that's the way Tampa Bay does things. But there's so many strikeouts in this lineup. I mean, looking back to the beginning of last year versus right-handed pitching, like Gallo is not good versus righties, 28%. Like White is not good, 35%. All sorts of strikeouts all the way up and down this lineup. I mean, we target Texas for a reason. They only have a three implied run total and glass now is an elite, elite strikeout pitcher. I mean, the reason why I like him more than Cole is not because he's going to go later in the game. Cause it's more likely going to be Cole than it is going to be glass now, but this matchup is just so much better. And it's in Tampa Bay. The roof's closed. Like this is just a beautiful spot for glass now. And he should end up crushing here. He should. Um, I have zero interest in the Texas bets. Same. Yep. He should he should crush here. Um, as far as like the Tampa bats go, this is an interesting situation because the opener is a righty, the reliever is a lefty, the bullpen is very mixed. Um, as far as like handiness of arms and stuff. What are we doing here with the Tampa bats? I mean, I'm not a huge fan of really anyone i mean the problem is yeah we have the righty than lefty situation we have tim bay that's always willing to pinch hit for guys we have guys that aren't going to get pinched in for likely in meadows or rosarina and lao who are all 5.8 or 5k so it's not like this is a fantastic hitting spot it's not bad they only have a 4.6 implied team total so I'm probably just going to fade the tampa bay bats like i don't want to deal with the possibility of any of these guys getting pinch hit for just not really worth it. Maybe Diaz at 3.6K if he gets the starting nod, knowing that there's probably a lefty long relief guy coming in afterwards. Maybe Zunino at 4.4K just because he fills in the catcher slot, but not a ton of interest in any of these guys. Yeah, the other, like, they're just all so expensive too. So, you know, it just makes it really tough to play these guys in general just because of price um, more than anything else. Miami at Atlanta, eight and a half total. Um, Atlanta's a 155 favorite here. Alcantara against Yona. Um, Nona, what are your thoughts here on Alcantara? I honestly don't hate him. Like, I, it's mostly assuming he's going to come in low on. I mean, he's a decent pitcher. He's not great, but he's way better versus righties than he is versus lefties. And you really just have Albies and Freeman to worry about. He's pitched fairly well in his first two starts. Like, he can get a little wild lefties, which is the biggest problem, but only having two of them in the lineup kind of bodes very well for him. Atlanta hasn't been hitting great so far this season for a large part of it, outside of Freeman and Acuna. Like, they've just been kind of a little bit slow striking out a whole lot, and I know that you don't give into this small of a sample size, but they just haven't been great so far. So I think Alcantara is probably going to come in at very low ownership because of his price tag of 8.5K. It's because of that. I kind of have some interest in them going up against this land team that's just been a little bit slow to start the season. I don't hate it. I'd like it a lot more if this game was in Miami. Um, I, I wish he was cheaper, too. Like, he's not... Yeah, the price tag is what's really throwing me off. Like, he's not getting priced for the matchup. Like, he's not getting priced to, you know, face a very talented, young, talented Atlanta team. So... 
we know like the the if we look at like start of last season, we know like the the damage that can be done by the top five or six guys in this lineup, and it's just it's tough to pay eighty five hundred for Alcantara. Um, I don't know. Like I hear everything you're saying, but it's tough. Um, Inno on the other side. Um, I still am going to call him Nona, but Inno on the other side of this game. You know, another like young pitcher. Any interest here against the Marlins? Not really. I mean, it's not like they're a bad matchup. Probably a mediocre strikeout matchup. Noah's not very good is the problem. I mean, he is priced at 6K. And looking at the slate overall, we don't really have a ton of cheap guys to go with. He only pitched 68 pitches in his last start. He only pitched 14 in his relief appearance before that. So I don't know how stretched out he's at. And, yes, he played pretty decent, pitched pretty decent going up against Washington. But everything in the past, like last year, he was a guy with around a 5X fit. A lot worse versus lefties than his versus righties, which kind of bodes a little bit well for this matchup, considering there's only two lefties. But I, I don't, I don't see him going too late into the game. I mean, if you really need to save money and you don't want to play Sheffield, I don't mind it. Like if you need to go down that extra six, seven hundred dollars, because I don't have any interest in any of the other guys around this price range. So if you really need to go that low, that's fine. They only have a three point nine imply team total, but I, I don't really plan on going that low priced. Oh man. I think this this is a tough one because when you're looking at this lineup for Miami, they're not a team that's great against fastballs in general. And we know that, you know, um, he has a really good, like that's, that's why he's like a top 10 prospect in Braves organization. He has really good heat um, averages. I think 94 miles an hour on his fastball uses it a bunch, uses his slider um, very very good slider. So I think he's okay. I think he is at 6K very playable if you're like trying to stack. Like I'd much rather play him over pretty much everybody under Sheffield. So sure, you could take a shot on Sheffield. We already talked about him, but anybody under Sheffield, I think I'd take um Inno here um against the Marlins. Like you said, there's not a lot of lefties in this lineup. He has a good slider, which could really eat up some right-handed batters. So maybe I take a shot on him here. Um, Miami bats, anything standing out to you here? Dickerson, probably, just because of you know, his struggle against lefties. I mean, you can take a shot on Duval, Aguilar, like they're playing in Atlanta. Like it's not a bad hitter's ballpark. They're they're cheap. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I know ends up becoming a little bit of a chalkier option because it is trash under Sheffield. And I'm not sure many people are going to like Sheffield. So they're pretty much going to try and get Peralta. And if they can't, they're going to go down to Inno because he's probably the best option in between there. So the low implied total, like I don't mind this as a stack for tournaments. Dickerson's the one guy I really consider as a one-off, but if you're trying to get a leverage stack, if Inno is going to end up being chalky, like Duval, Aguilar, Anderson, Dickerson can, Marte is too expensive at 5.8K, and you're probably not getting him in your lineup even if you're stacking up Miami, but you can. Um, but, like, all these guys can hit the ball at the ballpark, so I don't mind any of the uh, any of these guys in a stack just to kind of get some leverage off the field, but just straight up outside of that, Dickerson's the only guy that kind of matches up well for his price tag at 3.1K. Yeah, I like Dickerson a lot. I think he's one of the better value plays on this slate. Um, you know, left-handed power bats, left-handed, you know, 
guys that can hit home runs in this ballpark. This ballpark was definitely built around Freddie Freeman. Um, prove me wrong. I'm waiting. Um, let's talk Atlanta bats here. You know, you, you mentioned that a team that's kind of been slow to start the season and that's fine. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to attacking Alcantara? If you're not playing very, very good against righties, you know, probably pretty average against lefties, just kind of looking at the numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's much worse versus lefties and Freeman's been hitting the ball pretty well. So it pretty much just be Freeman for me. I mean, Acuna has been hitting the ball. Well, he's at six K that's, that's a big price tag for a guy that's pretty good versus righties. Albie's at 4.5 K. Yes. He's, a good hitter, but he just hasn't been very good this season. I mean, granted, he's due for some positive regression. The guy only has a 12.9% K rate, and he has a 157 Woba. I mean, granted, he's not walking a whole lot, but uh, he's still a talented hitter. 4.5K is in a terrible price tag. So Freeman, maybe Albies, but I'm probably staying away outside of Freeman. I think Freeman's really the only guy you, you can play. Albies is too expensive. He's always a guy that could put up big games, but you know he's batting at 129 to start the season. Like he hit the ball a little bit better over the weekend. Maybe he's starting to get rolling here a little bit. Um, but I was looking at him on like Thursday or Friday, and it was like, man, his numbers are terrible to start the year. So, I if you want to go like a three man, like if you want to go Freeman, Alves, and I would put, I would probably go Acuna even in a righty righty, and just hope that they get through him early here and. But, yeah, probably not going to do that. Uh, Chicago at Milwaukee, eight total. Milwaukee's a 150 favorite. Um, Alizé against Peralta. Any interest here in Alizé? Not really. Um, just not really a great pitcher. I mean, he's priced at 7K. Like I said, there's not a ton in that range, and he does have some strikeout upside, but the guy can get really wild. Not great versus lefties. There's Bradley in there. There's Yelich. There's Shaw. There's Navarez. There's uh, Peterson, like they're going to bring out enough lefties where he has, I think, a 15% K rate last season. So not really expecting a ton out of him. There's too much downside. There is a little bit of upside. So if you really want to use him in tournaments, that's fine. But he did just play this team. So it's the second time facing this team. And the first time he gave up two home runs, four hits, two walks, didn't make it past five innings. So if he can pull together, maybe like he always got upside if he has command, but like you're, you got some huge potential downside. It's um, it was a cold wind blowing in game against this team. The yeah, last time I played him too. Um, you know, these guys faced off in that game. Freddie Peralta dominated the Cubs and Alizé looked um, like crap. So uh, any interest here in Freddie Peralta? Is he going to be the chalk? I kind of assume he's going to be the chalk. I think anybody that clicks his name and look what he did against this team um, might click on him for sure. I mean, I mean, it's it's the same thing with Peralta pretty much every time. If he's going to be chalky, probably not a great idea to play him. But he's he's been striking out guys at a huge clip this season. I mean, I think he's at 18 Ks per nine, but he's also at about nine walks per nine. Like, I think his first two outings, he – walked a ton and struck out a ton and didn't give up almost any hits. So he's due for some negative regression for sure over his first two outings, which I mean, it was only seven innings, but seven walks, like three hits. You don't know what you're going to get, but he pitched 91 pitches in his start. Like can assume he's probably going to do that again if he's pitching well. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with 30 points. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with negative 10 points here. It's just a toss up. So wait and see where we have him projected for ownership. But my guess is he's going to be pretty chalky. I'll still play a little bit of him, but if he's going to go low and you just hammer him in there and just hope for the best. Um, yeah. Peralta has a 39% K rate since last year. Like, you know, he pitched a little bit out of the bullpen last year, but I just, he has a tremendous amount of upside. So like, if you want to take a shot on here against Cubs bats, you you know, I'm all for large sample sizes, but if you look at like the Cubs 2021 numbers, Hap has a 32% K rate. Contreras has a 47% K rate. Jock Peterson has a 37% K rate. Baez is at 43%. Hayward is at 38% um, of the guys that should be in the lineup here. So even Rizzo's around 20%. Chris Bryant and Sogard are the only two guys under 15% strikeout rates. And I know it's a small sample. It's 20 plate appearances for most of these guys. But it's definitely something to note. You know, we, we talked about the Braves kind of um, going slow and starting slow, but, like, the Cubs are starting slow too. I'm going to wait and see what his ownership looks like. If he is going to be massive chalk, I don't know if I'll end up stacking against him. And, like, on a three-entry max, I still might play him one out of three teams, but I'm not going to be all in unless he's going to be lower owned. Yeah. Um. Let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for the Cubs? Nope. Stack or stay away. I don't think there's any in between. Like, Yeah. It's Peralta. Like they're going to put up seven runs because he's going to walk five guys or they're going to get crushed by him because they don't end up hitting the ball while anyone's on base that got walked. Yeah. Just, they're expensive. So like you're stacking or you're just staying with I don't really have any in between on that. And then on the Milwaukee side of things, like this lineup could be really bad today. Um, I know Yelich left Sunday's game, which could definitely bump up Alizé a little bit, but this could be a really, really bad-looking Milwaukee lineup. Yeah, I still don't mind playing him. Um, like the like I said, Azlay is a guy that walks a whole lot of guys. Um 14% walk rate last season, much worse versus lefties than he is versus righties. He strikes out righties at a huge clip, but doesn't strike out lefties very much. And we could see if Yelich does end up playing tomorrow, we could see Bradley, Yelich, Shaw, Tavares, Peterson, or Vogelbach, maybe even who knows. Um, like whatever it ends up being, he like he struggles versus lefties. A lot of guys can be put on base. He doesn't strike out lefties a whole lot. So I'm going to wait and kind of see what the lineup ends up being, but I kind of like Milwaukee quite a bit in this spot here. I don't think they're going to be heavily owned. They're not expensive. You can throw in Garcia there and throw in a extra righty at a 3.3 K price tag. Like I don't care if they haven't been very good. Like they still got some talented bats in here. They can hit the ball out of the park and has like, he gives up a lot of power to lefties and he doesn't strike them out and he walks a lot of guys. So this is a perfect stack spot for me. And if you want to take any of these power guys, Yelich, or if he's in there, Shaw, like Bogelbach, if he ends up in there, I don't mind it at all. But I have a plan on stacking this team a decent amount if there's a lot of lefty bats in here. 
Yeah, Shaw fouled one off his leg on Sunday too and left the game. So, <laughs> yeah, Vogelbach at three K is looking really good. Grant, oh, I'll definitely play some Vogelbach. Um, Washington at St. Louis, eight and a half total here. St. Louis a one forty five favorite. Um, Fed against um, Gant. Yeah, let's start with uh, Fed. Um, any interest in him here? No, no I, I just make a. Make a general rule to never play him. Um, like, there's almost no reason to ever play him. He's a very low strikeout guy. Not a very like he just gets a lot of uh, ground balls and a decent amount of soft contact. So he doesn't strike out guys. I mean, last three years he's sitting at right around five Ks per nine, under a twenty percent K rate. Not an upside pitcher. They have a four point eight implied team total against him. He's six point two K. Like. I'll take my shots on other guys if I really have to go down to that range. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you you kind of nailed it. This is a guy that just doesn't strike anybody out, like, at all. His strikeout rate last season um, was 12.3%, or, you know, since the start of last season was 12.3%. Uh, with a 10% walk rate. So I don't want a guy that has a higher probability to walk somebody than strike him out. (laughs) Yeah, that's just a general rule. Except for maybe Freddie Peralta. Yeah, maybe Freddie Peralta. Um, (laughs) Summed it up, Grant. Summed it up. Uh, Let's go John Gant on the other side of this game. Like he, decent strikeout stuff, you know, a little bit last season, but 82 pitches in his first start. Maybe we see him 90, 95 in this one. Um, I think that's definitely solid. What are your thoughts with him in this matchup against uh, Washington? He's not really a great pitcher, like average strikeout rate, above average walk rate. Going up against the Nationals, like it's not a great matchup. It's not a terrible matchup, but there's not a ton of strikeouts. Like I just don't see the upside. The thing is he's 5.7K. So I'd rather go with NO, but like if you really need the price savings and you want to get a higher price stack and still play either Cole or Glass now, it's not the worst idea in the world. But he doesn't grade out as a good play, and he's not going to probably not going to give you a stellar score. You're basically hoping for 15 points that he doesn't give up any runs and he gets one or two extra Ks. Um let's talk bats in this one. Washington bats. You know, Juan Soto is, you know, smashing the baseball. He's so expensive, but he's just, he's so good. Like he, he potentially gives you like double, like double dong upside in every matchup. Um, What are your thoughts here on Washington? Yeah. Soto is probably the main target that I would end up going with. I mean, Gant hasn't been great versus lefties since beginning of last year, giving up home runs at twice the rate to lefties as he is to righties. Walks a decent amount of guys, but doesn't strike out a ton. Like Soto would probably be the main guy, but again, I'm not going to argue with a stack. I mean, Zimmerman still hasn't. We didn't see him last year, so he's 3.5K. Dude can still hit the ball. Like Turner has speed, can hit the ball. Like Robles, 3.2K. The good pieces are priced up, and Soto's definitely a better play than Turner. But Gant is a guy that can get very wild, very erratic, and could end up turning into a rough outing for him, but Soto's probably the one piece that I would really consider. Maybe Stevenson, if he's in the lineup, just because he's 2.7K. 
the more I look at this, the more I think Gant's in play. This lineup is kind of trash. Like, yeah. you know, obviously we'll see what the lineup looks like um, because, like you said, Stevenson could be in there. But with, Schwar- with Schwarber being out, um, assuming that he's still out here, like, because he was he was one of the people that, like, was the COVID, right? So we don't know yeah. when officially he'll be back or not. So assuming that Schwarber's out, this this lineup's kind of trash. Like, there's the five, six, seven, eight. Like, there's a lot of strikeouts there. So, I think the more I look at it, the more that like, uh, the more that I actually like Gant at his crazy price tag of fifty seven hundred. Um, I don't know. Well, obviously, I'll be looking at ownership and stuff, but just wanted to kind of throw that out there. That the more I look at this lineup, like. Yeah, Soto's a fantastic play. Turner's a fantastic play, but they're both over 5K. So you're playing those guys if you play Inno as like your SP2. Any interest in the St. Louis bats? I mean, I just generally don't play too many guys against Fed. He's not a great pitcher, but he doesn't drag out a lot of guys, but he doesn't give up a ton of power. There's balls going to be put in play a lot, so I don't hate stacking against them, hoping that Babbitt just hits Fed hard. Um, but, like, Arenado and Goldschmidt and Edmund are all over 5K. Like, all the guys are priced up here at the top of the line, which are really the good hitters we want to use. Like, Carlson's fine. Dean's cheap. Thomas is cheap. Um, but everyone you want to play is priced up. Like, Fed's not going to give up a ton of fantasy points. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a huge amount of interest in St. Louis, but if you have the price, if you have the money, like Goldschmidt, Arenado, don't grade out as terrible plays. Just the likelihood of these guys hitting a bomb isn't fantastic. Moving on, we got Cleveland at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Uh, eight and a half total here. White Sox, a 135 favorite. McKenzie against uh, Radon. Um, any interest here in McKenzie? Not really. He's priced at 9.2K. And at this point, I think it's expensive. Yeah, I'd rather just get up a little bit higher. I mean, he only pitched 58 pitches in his first outing. Like, I don't know how late he's going to end up going. Like, he walked quite a few guys going up against KC. It's a tough matchup versus the White Sox. Just that price tag seems like it's not worth it. It's, it's, It's price. It's. We don't know how deep he's going to go. Like, all of that in there. Um, yeah, this is a guy that, like, all right, he didn't really walk with a lot of guys last year. Maybe it was nerves. Maybe it's something. Like, you know, he 42 to 9K to walk ratio um, last season. So, didn't walk a lot of guys last year. Definitely a little bit concerned about that. Concerned about pitch count. Um we know how talented he is, but it's more of just like he's 9,200. If he's struggling at all, it's just such a, I don't know. There's so much downside there. That is the biggest, I think concern. And the white Sox definitely a really good team against left-handed pitching. They, they definitely struggle a little bit more against righties than they do against lefties, but it's still a very underrated lineup. Um, and you know, definitely going to get better as the season goes along and they, you know, start getting some pieces back um, with Anderson and Jimenez. 
Let's go Carlos Radon on the other side here. He's 9,400. Absolutely fantastic game um, against Seattle in his first outing. It's always tough to trust this guy, but, man, he looked great. Um, he looked great in spring training. He looked great in the first matchup against Seattle. It's obviously a different matchup here going up against Cleveland. You know, kind of looking at this clean Cleveland lineup, Grant, like, I'm not – I don't think I'm, like, overly concerned about this spot for Radon. Radon um, there's some power here with, like, Reyes and Ramirez, but there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, he could end up giving up some bombs, but this guy was hitting over 98 miles an hour in his first outing. Like, the heat is clearly there. He looked fantastic. He pitched fantastic. Like, this is a guy that's had, like, a whole bunch of arm surgery and a whole bunch of repairs to – him so we haven't seen enough of him over the last couple of years but dude looked good like a little bit wild but he looked really good he's going up against this lineup that's probably going to have a decent amount of lefties in it probably have Naylor Rosario Jimenez like Bowers there's a lot of lefties here and I mean I know Ramirez and Reyes are both fantastic but Reyes strikes out a pretty decent rate like Hernandez and is not really going to be too much to worry about. Rosario has got the lefty lefty. Like this is a great spot for Rodon. And if you're not paying up for Cole or paying up for glass now or playing up for Grinky, like I have no problem throwing in Rodon into your lineup just because this guy looked filthy in his first matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a 10 strikeout matchup from him again. I think he used an excellent pivot off of paying up for Cole or glass now because I know Granky pitched, um, you know, decent in his first two outings. I don't trust Granky whatsoever, and I don't really want to play McKenzie. So I think Radon is like the guy to pivot or pair with Glassnow or Cole. Um, you know, I think that's definitely somewhat interesting here. Um, let's talk bats. Anything here for Cleveland? Not really. I mean, if I'm going to go anything, it'd be Ramirez or Reyes. Like, they got the platoon split. But overall, like, I, I believe Rodon is a good pitcher. So I'm kind of just out on them. Yeah. Like, if Ramirez was cheaper, sure. Reyes is okay. I think Reyes would be the guy. Like, if I was going to home run chase here, it would be Reyes. He's hitting the ball really well here recently. He's 30, he's 4,400. Like, I think Reyes is the like one-off contrarian play him and maybe even like Jordan Luplo at like 3,400 and just chase a home run. Yeah. Um, White Sox bats. I don't know. They're not cheap. Like again, like that's the biggest problem with wanting to stack the White Sox here. Yeah. I mean, they're all like outside of Eden. Everyone's expensive. Outside of eating the bottom of the line. The thing is, you can stack them up. You just them throwing Vaughn in there, or Louis Garcia, or Madrigal, or Eaton, or if he makes the lineup, Mendick. Um, but like the main power bats you want Luis Roberts, Brayu, Moncada, Mercedes, Grandal, like none of them are cheap. And McKenzie's definitely a bit worse and gives up quite a bit more power going up against lefties than he does going up against righties. At least, no, that's wrong. It's righties. No, I was looking at something different. Yeah, lefties. Uh, gives, had a 220 ISO last year going up against lefties. So I'd rather have Moncada. I'd rather have Grandal. Like Robert, Abreu, and Mercedes are all guys that don't have the platoon split and are really priced up. So I don't mind a full stack if you can find a way to do it. But 
Like the price tags just make it a little bit too constrictive to play them on a slate where you have multiple guys at the top and not good cheap options. Yeah. Moving on, Detroit at Houston. Eight and a half total. Houston's a 230 favorite. Um, Miz against Granky. Granky's a 230 favorite. Man, he's going to be popular. Um, let's start with Casey Miz here. Do you have any interest in this in this guy against this Houston lineup? No. Houston doesn't strike out. They got good bats. Miz isn't good. They have a 5.2 run total. Miz isn't good. Miz isn't good. Yeah. Like, kind of sums it up. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't even want to, like, I'm not even going to, like, try whatsoever to make an argument for him because there really isn't any. Like, strikeout rate under 20%, really bad against lefties. XFIP over five since the start of last season. So I'm not even going to make an argument in this spot for him. Let's talk Granky. He's pitched well in his first two starts, gets a matchup here against Detroit. Any interest in Zach Granky? I mean, you kind of have to, but honestly, I'd rather go with Glass now or Cole. I mean, only four Ks in each of the first two starts. Yes, he's great at limiting um, guys against him. And yes, Detroit's a bad lineup. And yes, Grinky still has had some strikeout upside in the past and might not just might be showing up, but he has had decrease in velocity over the years. I, I like, like I said, he's my third favorite. He's probably my fourth favorite high price pitcher. If we throw Rodon into the category, he's safe, but I don't see a huge amount of upside here. And yes, Detroit's bad, but I still don't think I'm going to use him at all. If he beats me, he beats me, Grant. I'm not paying 10-2 for Zach Greinke. If he beats like, you, then that probably means that Glass now and Cole both just absolutely crap the bed. He has the lowest multiplier for pitchers on Superdraft, too. Uh, that's silly. Like, they don't have all of the pitchers in yet because they wait for, like, probable starters and everything. But he... No. No. Like... Give me Carlos Radon at 1.8 over Granky at 1.6. Like right now. Done. Mackenzie 2X. Give me give me those guys. Yeah. Uh Detroit Bats. Not saying that I'm gonna play Detroit Bats against Granky because this lineup is not very good. Um it's actually very bad, but yeah, uh, I'm probably probably out on the bats. Yeah, yeah, no interest in them. Um, Houston bats are somewhat interesting here though, because Miz is a guy that really struggles against lefties. Um, Alvarez is a big time power lefty, Kyle Tucker, Brantley. Like, I think these lefties are massively in play here. Yeah, absolutely love Alvarez. Really like Tuck, really like Brantley. Don't mind any of the righty bats to throw them in there for a stack. Nice isn't good. The Detroit bullpen isn't great. So just load up on Houston. Like they're probably going to be decently chalky, but load up on them. Yes, um, I like Houston a lot. They're definitely a team that I'm going to be targeting quite a bit in this on the slate. Angels and Royals, nine total. Uh, Angels a slight favorite here. Alex Cobb against um, Singer. Any interest here in Alex Cobb? Too, he's too expensive at 8.4K. Like, I know he pitched decent in his first outing. I know that he's a guy that's been a little bit off and on. Like 
he had seven Ks. He went 97 pitches. I understand all that, but 8.4K is too expensive for him on this slate. Like, so, no. Again, like, I, I know like, we keep saying this, but, like, I'm just – I'm out. Like, Alex Cobb has strikeout upside, and he can definitely rack up some strikeouts in this matchup against the Royals. But the Royals are also, like, a patient team, and they'll work counts and stuff. And, like, I always find that, like, super concerning, too, um, when potentially playing a pitcher against that team. Um, any interest here in Brady Singer? Not really. Like, Angels are not an easy matchup. Singer is a mediocre K-rate guy, mediocre walk rate guy, like, mediocre pitcher, and he's 8.3K. Like, again, the pricing on a lot of these guys in the slates just immediately takes them out of consideration. I mean, the Angels have a 4.7 implied run total, and a lot of the guys in the slime just don't strike out a whole lot. So, I'm out. I'm out. I'm with you. Um... Angels bats, like, you know, it's pretty much um, the same guys that we're used to playing here. It's Trout. Um, it's Walsh, assuming that he'll have a good lineup spot if Rendon's not in the lineup. And Otani. And, like, it's a little, like, three-man stack. Yeah, I don't hate throwing Upton in there. I know he's been trash, but, like, Singer's not a great strikeout guy. Like, he's right above average versus righties. So I don't hate throwing him in there at 3.6K if you want to make a four-man stack. But, yeah, I'm not playing Stassi. I'm not playing Iglesias. I'm not playing any of these other guys. I'm not paying 4.6K for Fletcher just to get a few singles. Yeah. Um, Kansas City bats, anything here against Cobb? Not really. I mean, Witt's too expensive at 4.9K, like – Perez is too expensive at 5.2K. I could see going Ben and Tendi, like with a platoon split. I could see going Solaire or Dozier just because they're power upside. Um, but Solaire is too cheap at 3.3K. That's that's the real mispricing. So Solaire, Ben and Tendi, and maybe Dozier if you really want to, maybe Isbell. Oakland at Arizona. No total in this game. Um, it's Bassett against Bumgarner. Um, any interest here in Bassett? Not really. Mediocre strikeout pitcher. Like, it's a decent matchup, but they have a 4.6 implied total. I think the dome might be open in this one, um, which is why there is a 9.5 total. Well, that and Bumgarner is absolute trash. Um, but, like, Bassett's just a mediocre pitcher, and he's priced at 7.4K. Again, you have Peralta. You have a few guys that have a little bit more upside there. So, not, not really any interest in Bassett. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't love Bassett. I like some of these other cheap guys just more in this spot. Um, Bumgarner. <laughs> I'm yeah, more likely, like, I'm more likely to stack against Bumgarner than I am to play him. I, I have no interest in playing him. He's not yeah. good. He's in no, fact he's, very bad. He's just not the same as he once was. And it's just... You look at his stats since the start of last season against right-handed bats. He has a 406 Woba, 310 ISO, and a 14% K rate. And I'm more saying this because I wanted to talk about like the Oakland bats because I think the Oakland bats are very, very, very interesting here because they're not overly expensive. Chapman's 40, 44. 
Connor's 39, Loriano's 38. Like, they're a stack that definitely stands out on this slate. Chapman might be my favorite play on the board. Um, but Lowry, Olsen, I don't care about the lefty-lefty matchup. Bumgarner's terrible. Like, he's not good. Like, this is my favorite stack on the board, especially if the dome ends up being open. This is by far my favorite stack on the board. Like, I'll play Canna, I'll play Reno, I'll play Lowry, I'll play Olsen, I'll play Chapman. I'll play tons of Chapman. He was a one-off. I'll play Piscotti at 2.7K. I don't care. Like, everyone. Bumgarner's terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't think there else. Nothing else really needs to be said. I, I'm with you. I like I like the Oakland Bats a lot. Um, Sean Murphy's in there, another catcher that's potentially cheap that you could stack. Um, anything that's standing out to you here for Arizona? I don't mind Calhoun. I don't mind Peralta. I don't mind Escobar. Like, I like the lefties going up against Bassett. Bassett a little bit worse versus lefties than he is versus righties. Higher home run rate, like lower K rate. He's got a decent platoon split when it comes to actually giving up uh, fantasy points. So Peralta and Calhoun are both too cheap and guys that will use a decent amount. And so is Escobar. Don't know if I'll go with the Struble. Um, I'm probably not going with any of the righties just because they're not even great batters anyways. Um. Yep. Cincinnati at San Francisco, eight and a half total in this one. Um. San Francisco is a one twenty five favorite. We got Miley against Sanchez. Um. Any interest here in Wade Miley? Not really. I mean, San Francisco is not a terrible spot for any pitcher. Um. And it's not a great lineup. It's been a lot better up at the top, but overall, still just a mediocre lineup in my opinion. Um, and like Wade Miley, obviously we don't have a huge sample size from him. A few years ago, he was all right last year, like overall in 2019, he was all right, but not a great pitcher. 7.1 K a little bit too expensive, 4.4 implied run a total against him. I'm probably just out, even though there are a decent amount of lefties in this lineup. Yeah, I think it really depends on what we're looking at lineup wise. Um, because if they roll out a very like left-handed lineup, maybe you take some shots um, on Wade Miley. The if they roll like... out, like they can go Darren Ruff, they can go Flores, they can go Slater. So they, they can roll out Posey. They can roll out a lot of righties here. Yeah. But I mean, the problem is Lestel and Crawford still don't strike out at a very high clip and they still, draw a lot of walks against lefties that, that, that's that's the big thing like they may roll out five lefties but two of those are basically like righties for fantasy production um any interest in aaron sanchez no i just no just no i mean we obviously didn't see him pitch last year and his first outing like he didn't pitch terrible um but I, I just and Sanchez is getting old, and I like never know what Sharon Sanchez you're going to end up getting in any given outing. So I, I just like against Cincinnati, who's been very good. Like there's worse guys you can play at six point nine k, but I don't know. Do you have any interest in them? No, Cincinnati is one of the hottest hitting teams in baseball right now. Like you've been so low on Cincinnati this entire year. I know. Like, who would have ever thought Cincinnati Reds would be good this year? Uh, yeah, who knows? 
I hope you guys catch our sarcasm. Um, let's talk bats in this one. What's um what's standing out to you here for the Reds? I mean, kind of all of them. They've all been pretty darn hot this season. I mean, Castellanos. Except for Votto. I mean, I don't really count him as playing anymore. Um, he's just a hole in the lineup. Uh, but, yeah, no, like Castellanos has been fantastic. Nanquin has been just crushing it. Suarez has been fantastic. Mustakas has been fantastic. Zell has been pretty decent. Like, India is cheap, like, these guys are probably not priced where they should be. I get it's in San Francisco, but like this is yeah, just play all the Reds bats. I don't care if it's a bad ballpark. I just don't understand how Tyler Nyquin is 3.8K. He has five home runs in the season. He's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Like this is just he continues to be way underpriced. Way underpriced. Yeah. Like yeah, way underpriced. Um any San Francisco bats? Not really. I mean, the ones I would want to go with are lefties and not really targeting them in a lefty-lefty matchup. So I'm just kind of – like, if you want to use Yaz, if you want to use Dickerson, hope that Miley has a little bit of an off day, that's fine. If you want to go with Longoria, that's also fine. I'm at 4.3K, but that's really it. Yeah, like, I think, like, Flores, um, Posey, Longoria, these guys are in play. Uh, Darren Ruff, if he cracks the lineup, which he should, uh, these guys are in play. I don't think they're the worst options on the slate. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get into our super draft play of the day. Um, Grant, give me a guy under 8K uh, to get six or more strikeouts using DraftKings pricing. Peralta. Yeah, I don't hate that one. That's just the easy one. I mean, he may give up four runs and five walks, but he'll get six strikeouts. I'm going to go John Gant all the way towards the bottom. Really don't like that Washington lineup right now. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bus pitcher today? McKenzie. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning to. Um, I'll take I'll take um, Singer. Why is he so expensive? That's crazy. Um. Over 4K to hit a home run. We don't Chapman. have chorus, so you can pick whoever you'd like. Chapman. I like that one. I like that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go third base too. I'm gonna say um Kyle Seeger. Really like Kyle Seeger today. Um under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat? Hanniger. All right, sticking in the same game. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go McCutcheon. I think McCutcheon gets the job done here. Stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Oakland. Oakland, I like it. Um, I'm going to go with Houston. Um, oh, over, under, against the spread, money line, anything standing out to you here night before? Uh, Oakland, minus 122. Do you guys see a common trend? Yeah, I hope they do. sucks. Um, I like the Cincinnati money line. They're currently the dog in this game. Give me the Cincinnati money line. Um, really like that. That's gonna change. I think that's gonna move. Yeah, that one's gonna move. All right, super draft play of the day. Um, Grant plays over there all the time, but I'm still gonna let him go first because it's not basketball, it's baseball, and 
you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see who he has as a super draft play of the day today. I mean, I feel like Glass now is kind of cheating at 1.55x. Um, I'll go with Rodon at 1.8x. That just seems silly to me. All right, Rodon. I'm going to go hitter here. I'm going to go Jared Walsh. Uh, we already talked about how we like the Angels um, on today's slate. And Jared Walsh is a 2x multiplier. Yeah, they need to fix that. I need to talk to them because I've just had 100% of them for a while. There you go. You're, you're going to play him again because he's, again, only he's a 2x multiplier. Who are we just talking about that we thought was like, oh, Nyquin. Is he? Oh, 1.55. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah, Walsh is just. Occasionally, they have a lagging on changing your guys' multiplier. Make sure you guys are checking out Superdraft. Like I said, use promo code GRINDERS. Take advantage of the $50 instant um, deposit bonus when you deposit up to 50 bucks, And the 50% matching bonus up to $500. So make sure you guys are taking advantage of that. They got a ton of stuff going on uh, for baseball. Today's slate, $20 tournament, $9 tournament. They have some single entry, double up stuff. Their NBA contests still overlaying almost every day. Some of the best overlaying business. Um, yeah. And, you know, you definitely need to be checking them out. I'm assuming that it is basketball. I haven't even looked at the basketball slate today because I don't do basketball on Mondays anymore. Um, they started, I know Superdraft starts at eight. Is the whole slate start at eight? Um, they generally start throw out the first game. So, so they throw out the first two games. So yeah. after you get done making your FanDuel and DraftKings teams, you can come over to Super Draft, take advantage of the overlay, and um, try to beat Grant because he's the guy that beat over there. Yeah, I'm currently in third, I, I've given fifth, you the title. Sixth and tenth. All right, now I got the title. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. Um, Grant, any final thoughts? Guys, get over on Super Draft, play baseball. It's my favorite baseball product, and I need bigger GPPs. There you go. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend. Good luck in your contest today. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Hey, kids.